What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. It's Chris Amania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man. Oh, Look at powerful questions. <laughs> Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! Well, let's do this thing. How are you, my friends? Welcome back to another audio adventure on the Chris Van Vliet Show. This episode is brought to you by Deal Dash and Bet Online. And this is a special one. You may not necessarily know the name Mikey Ruckus, but you definitely know his work. He is the man behind the entrance themes in all elite wrestling. And if you're a wrestling fan, you would be completely lying if you said you didn't crank up the volume and listen to theme songs in your house while reenacting different entrances or in your car or certainly while you worked out. I mean, entrance music is such a big part of wrestling. And if you're a lifelong wrestling fan, these songs are quite literally the soundtrack to your youth. And Mikey Ruckus is the man who crafts all of those songs, creates all of those moods for AEW. So this is just a fascinating conversation. And thank you for helping to create the mood for the podcast. The amount of tweets I got last week for the combination of interviews we did with Gallows and Anderson and Eric Young was amazing. And thank you for helping to share the show and putting it way up there on the charts. And if one of these episodes was maybe your first episodes that you listened to last week, thank you for coming back for another episode with this one. And if you could take just a few seconds today to subscribe and leave a review, it would be Super, super appreciated. That's right. Not just appreciated. Super, super appreciated. Mm -hmm. Jay Boyle 0095 says, addicted. I never knew that I'd want to know so much about the pro wrestling industry before this podcast. Chris, the host, allows the guests to speak uninterrupted, asks engaging and interesting questions, has done his deep research for the guest, keeps the episodes feeling like a conversation. I enjoy each episode released and couldn't have asked for anything more. Thanks, CVV. Well, thank you, Boyle 995 I got that wrong the first time. It's 0995, not 00995. Just a lot of numbers there. But seriously, thank you. And subscribing to the show and leaving reviews is the most helpful thing you can do. I, I don't ask you to sign up for Patreon. All my episodes are completely free. All I ask is a little, little subscribe ski. And a little review ski. That's the noise. That's it. 
So like I said off the top, this one's a special one. Mikey Ruckus has one of the coolest jobs in pro wrestling and also one of the most creative ones. He talks about how he got his job as the music producer for AEW, what the process looks like from start to finish when he has to create an entrance theme. He also talks about how there's been times when he's only been given a few hours to make a theme and how one theme in particular was finished, ready to go, and at the last second they had to scrap it and start all over again. This is such good stuff. So let's get right to it. It's Mikey Ruckus. Mikey, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for inviting us uh, into your studio. We see a little bit of it uh, behind you there. Yes. And again, it's still under construction. Uh, I have severe ADHD, so I'll get started on it and I'll get moving. And then I just find something else to do. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't matter what your studio looks like as long as the music that you're creating there sounds good. Sure, sure. So you have, I think you have one of the most fascinating jobs in all of wrestling. And for people that may not know your face, uh, you are the man behind all of the music that we hear in AEW. Yeah, uh, probably about 85% of, of what you hear. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what ex- what's your official title? I am the music production coordinator over at All Elite Wrestling. Some people call me the music artist. Some people call me the music guy. It's, it is what it is. And, and I do a little bit more than just the music. I handle a lot of the, the streaming analytics behind the scenes. Uh, I do a lot of the administration stuff when it goes to logging in cue sheets and things like that and handle licensing behind the scenes. So there's a lot that goes into this project and, and into this job outside of just uh, typing away at a, a beat machine. So when a wrestler has new entrance music, you are the man who creates this. That is correct. All right. So, so walk me through this process. Where does it begin for you? So it's a case by case basis. And I want to say that nearly every single theme is different. So like in the very beginning, uh, I came from the outside of the wrestling business. I I spent uh, close to 10 years in the mixed martial arts industry doing music there, transitioned over to uh, the independent wrestling scene in 2016. And when I came into AEW, nobody really knew me personally. I wasn't really friends with anybody. So I was kind of, I was shooting my shot, so to speak. And, yeah. and I ended up, you know, my work and, and the people that I worked with previously kind of spoke for me and it, it kind of brought me to where I am now. Uh, in the very beginning, the communication was strictly between Brandy and QT they would filter all of the information to me. And as uh, the trust grew and as the creative uh, juices began to flow between everybody, then it included the EVPs, then it included Tony. Sometimes I would get random text messages from Kenny. And then uh, next thing I know, I'm getting text threads where I'm being introduced to talent. So it usually starts with somebody letting me know, hey, there's music that needs to be done. And then uh, and then I just kind of filter the information that way. If we and, take um, back... Even a step before that, how did you know that this job even existed? Well, I mean, I, I, I really didn't. <laughs> uh, I want to say like in 2010, um, I started doing theme music and I was I was not watching professional wrestling at that time. Uh, I was really deep into mixed martial arts and UFC. And I just decided to out of need for survival. Um, you know, I ran a retail business and I was in retail management, but I needed something to supplement my income to survive. 
And I, I piddled around with music for several years prior to that. And I just said, I'm going to make entrance music. And I wasn't even good at it. Like in the, in the very, I, I was horrible. When I go back and listen to some of the stuff that I did back then, I, I kind of cringe, but I just, this is what I'm going to do. Um, and I started very, very low profile. I was hitting up people on Facebook, like fighters, independent, uh, regional amateur fighters and telling stories that way. And it just kind of grew. And of course, Everybody goes back to Jim Johnston in the in the eighties and in the in the nineties, sure. and kind of what triggered everything. Um, and a year, I'd say probably a year and a half in, like 2011, 2012, I had my first track played in the UFC, uh, UFC one forty two, uh, that was headlined by Jose, uh, Jose Aldo and um, Chad. I'm I'm drawing a complete blank right now, but um, whose theme? Come- What's that? Whose theme was it? Uh. I want to say it was Carlo Prater. It was it was one of the guys in the undercard, but I knew if I could yeah. get one that there was there was other things to be had. So it just kind of grew into uh, creating music for organizations. People started contacting me. Fighters started contacting me. Uh, started working with a lot of the top tier guys in the UFC. Next thing I know, in 2015, I'm connected with NBC Sports. So it just kind of grew and. Uh, I started seeing a, an explosion in the uh, the independent wrestling scene right around 2016, where the wrestlers were taking their own brands into their own hands and going from territory to territory. I was like, man, this is like old school, but it's new school. And I really wanted to get involved with that. And once I made that transition over, it everything just exploded. Were you always musically inclined? Yeah, I mean, I, I played... <laughs> I played in a jazz band in high school and I was in the marching band. Um, I attribute a lot of the the versatility to my my band teacher at the time. The first year I went in, you know, I, I took a guitar class like my freshman year of high school and it was all a bunch of headbangers with their acoustic guitars. And I was just kind of there with a classical guitar that that my sister gave me and I wanted to learn. And there was really nothing to learn because it became a jazz uh, a jam session. And then, uh, you know, my teacher was like, well, I need somebody to play in the jazz band. So the first year I played bass, I had never played bass before. Second year I came back. He said, I need a drummer. I said, I'll play drums if you bring the drum set to my house for the summer to practice. So then the second year I played drums. The third year he said, I need a guitar player. So then I was just kind of off and running after that. So how many instruments can you play in total? Uh, Prince always says a thousand. You know, he <laughs> Uh, drums, bass, guitar, uh, keyboards. Um, I'm learning the violin. Uh, I'm having a lot of trouble tuning it. <laughs> but, uh, and anything percussion based, that's that's always been like my core. You know, being uh, Latino, um, that stuff. I, I grew up around rhythm and banging and all that. I used to get in all kinds of trouble when I was a kid for banging on everything, busting windows every now and then by accident, and you know those kind of things. But it just it's it's always been kind of my thing. Rhythm has always been there and I've always kind of fooled around with music, but I didn't really think about um, turning it into something that generated some income until right around 2010. So are you actually playing the instruments, recording the instruments for these themes right there in your studio? Yeah. Yes. So I do have a drum. I have a drum machine. I have a native instruments machine. I have, um, I want to say close to six terabytes worth of sound banks, uh, different virtual instruments and things like that. But I always try to go for, as opposed to your normal kick and, and snare drum beat that you hear in, in some of uh, modern music, I always try to add a dynamic. 
I always want people to guess whether it's a, a live kit or whether it's a, a synthesized kit. And it's just those little nuances that really bring out the life and bring out the color of, of a track. So when you're growing up, we're around the same age. So growing up, you know, kid of the eighties and watching wrestling into the nineties, what are some of the themes that really stand out to you as being just fantastic entrance themes? Well, for me, it, the ultimate warrior was always my, my all time favorite when I was growing up. I mean, people say what the people can say, what they say about warrior. I was that kid that was just completely into everything he did. Whether or not his matches were the, the greatest technical matches, it, it, I didn't care. It didn't matter to me. But just that fury and that energy. And then as I started to get older and started to learn different styles of music and, and uh, Goldberg's entrance was always a big one for me. Um, just there was so much uh, pent up rage. Like, like this, is, this is something that I can do every day. When I walk into work, I'm you know, throwing the hand up. You know, ten, you know, I used to do all kinds of stupid stuff like that, man. I, I was a, I was a nerd, but it was all, it was all good. What's so interesting about wrestling themes is you know it within the first few beats. You know who the person is. You know the mood that's being set. So that's obviously a very difficult task for you to be able to within the first few bars let someone know what this person's all about. Sure, and. The funny thing is, is that it's I, I listen to music completely differently than, you know, a lot of other people do. And I understand that sometimes those things take time. And I'll give you an example. So my first I joined AEW May 1st of 2019. So I had already done one theme song. I think Nyla Rose's was the first song that I did for AEW. But leading into Double or Nothing, we had like 15 songs that we had to put together. And, I, you know, we were kind of rapid fire. And we had a lot of brand new talent that was being uh, being introduced. And people think they know these talents, but when they get to TV and when they get to a different platform, a lot of things change. There's nuances about their character that changes. There's nuances about how they want their character to be uh, portrayed that changes. And a lot of people weren't ready. A lot of people said, well, this doesn't fit this person. This doesn't fit this person. But over it just takes time to really understand what story that that talent is trying to tell and the music that I've created for them has been a it's been a melting pot of ideas from the talent, from the, the EVPs, from Brandy, from Tony, from everybody to make sure that the presentation that we're giving, we're all on the same page about. And it just takes time. Sometimes it hits. Sometimes it takes time. Like um, last week, Vicky Guerrero's music hit and my entire social media on every platform just turned upside down. It was like it broke the internet and it all, all because it was the one thing that she's note she's known for is that, excuse me. And there's no way that I could ever put her over musically. So why not make her voice the centerpiece of that song? And it just, that was one of those rare moments that it hit, but I'd say the majority of the time with brand new talent or brand new music being unveiled, it just takes time to process it and then really kind of understand where they're going with it. With Vicky's theme, for example, was that one of those that when you were finished with it, you went, this, this is a good one. Actually, it's, it's not even finished yet. Oh, <laughs> so there was, um, <clears throat> there was, there was some back and forth as to whether she was going to have any music or not. And I was under the impression that there wasn't going to be any music. And I think the Tuesday night before the show, um, so I got a call from somebody and said, you might want to get on some music for Vicky. I think they're, I was like, I don't think they're going to have any music. I, I, 
I think they said, no, I think. And then I got an email from Cody says, we need some music for Vicky. And this was late, late Tuesday nights. So I was like, okay, I'll get on it first thing in the morning. And then it went back and forth again as to what we were going to do. So I had maybe three hours to put something together. Wow. And, um, and I sat in my office and I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I get excited. You know, I get excited. I'm, I'm in here and there's video of, of my wife recording me when I'm not looking and I'm jumping up and down and I'm, you know, doing this kind of thing with the headphones on and I turn around and scream and yell, why are you taping me? You know, those kind of things. But I, I sat in here and I, I put it together and I just laughed. I laughed and I, I jumped around. I said, people are going to lose their minds when they hear this. And I, I knew, I, I knew, you know, if it played out right and it did. And it's, it's been pretty, uh, it's been pretty amazing since then. So it, it's coming out soon. We've got some things in, in the works with that, but um, yeah, it's, it's not even finished yet. All right, so we're gonna hear version two of Ricky's theme. Fantastic! <laughs> is is that the is that the quickest turnaround you've had to do for music? No, and I've I've kind of I've kind of gotten used to things um, switching up at the last minute. So Kevin Sullivan is our VP of post production, and he's been an amazing mentor uh, since since the the jump. Uh, you know, th- there's not many people that have this this job, and there's not many people that I could go to to talk about. Yeah. This talk about the different ideas. And if I try to talk to another musician nine times out of 10, it ends up them trying to get a job at AEW. And then if there's other musicians that have done this previously, they don't really want to clue me in on anything that they had to go through. So I just realized I have to kind of I just got to rely on my team. So Kevin's been uh, a huge mentor to me. And he explained to me early in in, in the beginning, he's like, this is wrestling. This is the pro wrestling business. Things change on the fly. So you got to be ready. So there's times where like uh, Jeff Cobb's theme comes to mind. I was actually signing the lease on my house with my wife. We had just walked out. It was on a Wednesday afternoon. And I had had a conversation that morning about Jeff Cobb's theme. We weren't expecting to have that until a week later. We get out at four o'clock in the afternoon signing on my house and I'm heading to my new house. And I get a text that says, hey, how soon can you have that that Cobb theme? And I just, I was like, we're going, we're going back. Let's go. (laughs) So I, and you know, I had some basic frameworks put together and just did it up as quickly as I could and and got it done. And and we were off and running and uh, same thing with the inner circle. Uh, I got a call like two or three hours before, Hey, can you put together an inner circle theme? And I ended up having to pitch Jericho on what I thought the theme should sound like. And he said, go for it. So I put it together they send it back and I get the voice text that Jericho likes it. He thinks it's rad. It's edgy. It's got attitude. Can you add this to it? And we add that to it. And, and it's all lightning speed. And I've worked fast before. But once I got to uh, AEW and you're, you're creating music for a national television show, the speed just jumps. I mean, just notches. Hey, have you heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things that you'd never expect at a price that you would never believe. They have over a thousand auctions every single day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor. They even have cars on Deal Dash. So here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up by one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. So that means every time you bid, 
Everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon signup on top of their other discounts. So go to DealDash.com, use the offer code CVVSHOW or go to DealDash.FM slash CVVSHOW. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash CVV show. This episode's also brought to you by Bet Online. And sports are coming back. So are your chances to bet on your favorite sports teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally back, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, and it's all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they have to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series that they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. And remember to use that promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. The structure of making an entrance theme must be so different from the structure of making a song. Like most songs are based around the hook, based around the chorus. What is an entrance theme for you based around? That's, and it's it's funny that you bring that up because I'm I'm actually signed to E1, E1 Entertainment, and I have my own solo album coming out later this year. We're just about done with it. And the process between uh, making music that's considered radio ready or for an album cut as opposed to a theme, the processes are completely different. Yeah. Uh, you have anywhere between 45 seconds to a minute of TV time to get your point across. And this was something that I'm still I still learn every day. I learn different nuances here and there every day. But you have to have those hits. You have to have the start. You have to have when when the the talent comes out and then you have to have another hit when they hit the ring. So Mm. a lot of that goes into it. And there's a lot of different nuances that sometimes it becomes a battle like the fans love lyrics, but production doesn't, you know, because when you think about it, you've got you've got uh, arena uh, background noise that's telling the story. You've got commentary that's telling the story. You've got the talent, whether they're yelling and screaming or posing, telling their story. So if you add another voice behind that, at times it can get a little bit chaotic. So there's, you have to kind of know when to use lyrics and when not to use them. And sometimes the talent is is adamant that they want lyrics. And, you know, so whatever story that they want told is what I tell, what I tell. But Writing uh, entrance music, you've got that window. And then with creating music for radio or for an album, you've got months and months to sit and kind of craft each song and peaks and valleys and all this kind of things like that. And it's two completely different worlds. We all know those bands that have a lot of songs that sound similar. You know, you're like, oh, that, I, I don't know this song specifically, but I know exactly what band this is. How do you make it so that your songs sound so vastly different? <laughs> so it's it's funny because um, I've always I've, I've played in cover bands for for years, and uh, I've always whenever a, a talent gives me examples of music that they like, uh, for example, Wardlow wanted something along the, the lines of uh, Disturbed, so I had to pull out the Dave Draymond 
you know, voiceover, um, those kind of things. Or if somebody wants a Metallica riff, I got to pull out the Hetfield, you know, those things that I've gone back and studied and listened to and played, you know, there are certain nuances to those styles. And that's what makes it so much fun because I don't get pigeonholed. And I said this last night on, on, on social media, I don't get pigeonholed as being a rock artist or a hip hop artist. I get to experiment with everything. I get to listen to everything. I get to implement everything. And it just, that's what it all comes down to is just constantly taking in, learning new techniques, experiment, trial and error, and then we get there. So a new talent comes into the business or into the company. They've just been signed and now you're tasked with making their entrance theme. Where does this begin? Usually it's just the text message that, hey, so-and-so is going to be here. They need music. Here's their number. <laughs> okay. Or, now, now, how do you decide what type of music that needs to be? Oh, I, I asked them specifically, what style are you looking for? Do you want to transition? Do you want to bring over something that's similar to what you used in another company? Is What are you thinking of? So I always want to take the step of letting the talent lead and letting the team lead. I don't ever try to overstep. Unless I'm asked for an opinion, I don't impose my opinion. When I'm asked, then I give it. But I always want to have, I want them to take the first step because we have no idea what they're thinking about. You know, there's, there's times where people just evolve as, as human beings and as, as they see their own story. So they say, well, I want to try this. I've never had a chance to try this when I was in this promotion. So I want to try this. Can we do this? This is where I feel like my character is going. So that's where we get to first. And it, it, it all comes down to storytelling. So if they want to get, if they want to get, down and in, into the death metal, if they want to get into the epic, uh, you know, cinematic hybrid styles, that's all up to them. And, you know, the AEW team is very open to allowing them to be creative. What would you say is the theme song that's taken the most revisions to get exactly how you wanted it to sound? <clears throat> it's funny. It was probably the DDP one that never got used. <laughs> That could so, be version two as well. Um, well, I got an email uh, back when DDP had uh, debuted. We needed something deadly similar to what he had in um, in WCW, which was like it was a, a, a twist on Nirvana's uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah. So Dallas and I were on the phone until early, early in the morning. We were just going back and forth, making a bunch of little tweaks here and there because it was actually a combination of his theme from WWE and his theme from WCW. And we had created something that we really thought was cool. And then we get to TV the next day and they said, mm, can't use it too close. So and and <laughs> I was like, oh, that happens. I mean, it's it, it would have been cool to play. But at the end of the day, I I I. I go for the experience and honestly, I'm, I'm team AEW. I get paid regardless of whether it airs or not. So I'm, I'm just happy to do the work and we file it and maybe one day down the line we get to hear it. So, but yeah, I mean, we, we went back and forth quite a bit and we were right there and I was really excited. And next thing you know, it's, it's 3am we're talking about our families and our kids and all this stuff like that. And then next thing I get the call, it's like, man, we can't use it. It's too close. It's just this day and age, we can't do it. And I was like, I understand. I was, I shed a tear, but you know, it was all good. 
What do you do in the situations where you have to make a theme for someone like Jake the Snake Roberts, who has a legendary theme that fans have known for decades, and now you've got to do a new spin on this? Where did, what what happens then? Well, I would be I would be remiss if I didn't touch on those legendary themes. You know, we all grew up, and we we have in our minds what those talents were back in the day, whether it was Jake the Snake. Bret Hart, um, Taz. I mean, the list goes on and on. When I get those calls that there's a legend coming in, I kind of get that holy crap moment. And then I go right to work. But it's, I think it's very important to the legacy that we know them and to to at least touch on it. And, you know, with with Jake's in particular, you know, his uh, his theme when he was a baby face. And I, I didn't know he was going to come in as a baby face or a heel and you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and, you know, everybody has opinions on it. But when I heard that Jake was coming, all I could hear was that baby face theme that he had from the 80s. So I, I wanted to do something with that and then just take an updated uh, an updated feel to it. And same thing with Bret Hart. You know, we all know that there's a certain tempo, there's a certain feel, there's a certain vibe. And, and if I can revive that just to kind of hit that nostalgia, then we, you know, then I feel like the job is done. I imagine there's a lot of AEW themes that play in your studio all the time. So when you're listening to your own playlist, what kind of music is on your own playlist? Oh, man. I, it's really hard because right now I'm listening to everything that I'm doing for my album. Like the AEW playlist, it's when I, when I come into the office and, and I'll get it and it's, I live, I work from home. Uh, my office is upstairs. And uh, when I walk in, I don't play around. I already know what I have to do. I've already planned it the night before. So I get in, I open up and I'm I'm doing that thing. Anytime I listen to music is when I'm in the car and I'm listening back to uh, my album just because that's a couple months down the road. So we're just about done. But outside of that, um, I have to really be invested in studying new music to, to actually listen because music is in my ears all day long, just from production. So when I'm yeah. not in here, I don't want to hear it. Like, like sometimes I just have to kind of turn off and, and I'm, I'm going to go watch like Nat Geo for like 30 minutes or something like that. And the incredible Dr. Pole got me all upset. So now I'm going to go and maybe I'll go to the gym or something like that, you know, but um, in terms of like AEW playlists, I really, I got to give a shout out to little V like, and it's not even, it's not mine, little V and, and Kenny Omega's theme. I absolutely love that theme. I will strap up and play guitar along with that theme. <laughs> just warming up. I'll, I'll, I'll play that. And maybe I'll do the butcher blade theme just to kind of loosen my fingers up and stuff like that. But yeah, man, I mean, other than that, it's like, sometimes I just have to turn off. Well, what were the what were the musical influences when you were growing up? I was big on a um, little bit of everything. So I, I was a metalhead, uh, of course. Um, I learned how to play guitar from Metallica albums, the early ones, uh, and Justice for All, and then uh, and Justice oh, yeah. for All, the first one, and then I went backwards. So I went from Justice to Kill 'Em All to Ride the Lightning to Master of Puppets. And the first time I heard Master of Puppets, I wasn't even ready for it. Like it, it was so far over my head. It, it took me a few months. And then and it's funny when I think about it now, because it, I didn't process it like that back then. Um, but I was very all across the board. 
Uh, old school hip hop was a big thing for me. Run DMC, LL Cool J, Beastie Boys. Uh, Prince and the Revolution was always really big in my household. And even like the new wave, uh, the British new wave, like Duran Duran, uh, those those guys were so technically talented. And I think the look just kind of overshadowed what their technical prowess was. And you go back and you listen to some of their songs and man, oh man, like there's just so much that's happening there. So just growing up, I listened to a little bit of everything. And then, of course, being from a Puerto Rican household, my mom had Celia Cruz and, and uh, Tito Puente playing all the time, windows open, dancing in the middle of the kitchen. And it's like you walk in, your friends are looking at you like, what the hell is, what is going on here? I'm just like, oh, bro, don't don't pay my mom no mind. So but it's I'm glad that that happened because it allowed me to consume all of that music over time. This has been fascinating. Uh, as we wrap this up, Mike, I know you've given a lot of thought to this, I'm sure. What would Mikey Ruckus's theme song sound like? Oh, man. I haven't. I, I've been asked maybe once or twice. Um, I'm kind of like the yell and scream kind of guy. So I would love something along the lines of Sepultura's Roots. That's that song. Roots, Bloody Roots has always been like, that's my that's my go to. The first time I heard that song, it changed my life. And uh, if I had an entrance theme, it would be something along the lines of that. And I wouldn't make it. I would get somebody else to do it. <laughs> You've got magic in your fingers, my friend. Um, you're doing such incredible work. You're a big reason why a lot of uh, the talent gets over. So uh, congrats to you on that. Congrats on this job. And keep making that mag magic, man. Thank you, man. And and I will say that this has been, and this is not, I'm not just kind of blowing smoke. This has been one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Um, I've worked towards this and a lot of people don't see this, but for, for 10 plus years from 2010 to 2019, you know, there were easy 17 hour days where I was running retail stores during the day and then working on music in the evenings, 16, 17 hour days, six days a week sometimes became the norm, especially between 2016 and 2019. And I just knew that something was on the horizon. And even though we're in this position, I'm always fully aware that it's we learn every day. We study every day. We we sometimes we trip and fall, but we always get back up and we're always looking. We're always listening and paying attention and trying new things. And that's just how we we become better, better musicians, better storytellers. So good. Thank you so much. This has been fascinating. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. I've been a fan of yours for a long time. And and uh, when you hit me up, I was like, oh, <laughs> well, when you replied, I was like, yeah, yeah man. what? OK, but yeah, I appreciate it very much. Oh, I, I just can't imagine how creative you'd have to be to come up with as many theme songs as he has. Oh, man, incredible. So a big thank you to Mikey for hanging out with us for this interview. Big thank you to you. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Snap a screenshot. Tag me. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. Tag Mikey. He is at Mikey Ruckus, R-U-K-U-S. I'm, I'm still just blown away by the fact that he created some of those themes in just a few hours. Like from initial thought, initial concept to being played on TNT within just a few hours. Amazing. So if you follow me on Twitter at Chris Van Fleet, I floated the idea out there of having interviews here and there that aren't necessarily with a wrestler or necessarily with someone in the wrestling industry, you know, like Mikey Ruckus. So Chris Jericho does it all the time on Talk is Jericho. 
And I'm a big fan of the quote, success leaves clues. That's from Tony Robbins. Success leaves clues. So if Jericho does this on Talk is Jericho, he has people from the wrestling world and just people he's interested in talking to, I think that maybe I should too. So every once in a while, you're going to see the odd interview just kind of thrown in here every now and then with interesting people who I think that we can all grow and learn from. So keep an eye out for that. Actually, coming up, we've got some wrestling interviews and then some interviews with people maybe have dipped their toe into the wrestling world. So we've got interviews coming up with Daniel Pewter. You know that's going to be good. Former Tough Enough winner. We have interviews coming up with Vitor Belfour, who we recently saw with AEW. So that, I mean, that's interesting. That'll be very interesting to see how this thing goes down. Also got an interview with Mike O'Hearn, who's one of the best known bodybuilders in the world and just has, oh my gosh, just a wealth of knowledge to share with all of us. So keep an eye out for those. Until next time, be great and be grateful. And we'll see you soon.